0: Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of NFT Rumors, the podcast, your show for weekly NFT news updates and interviews from industry leaders around the NFT space. Uh, this is your host, Lucas, and as usual, I'm joined by Alec, and we are recording this on Halloween night. It's terrifying outside. I'm freaking out inside my house. Uh, yeah, the only thing scarier than outside right now might be the, uh, the Meccaverse 4, price. If you know, you know. Sorry if you're involved with that one. Um, But yeah, we got an awesome episode, as usual, for you today here on NFT Rumors, the podcast. We got those NFT news updates, keeping you uh, in the know, everything that's gone on in the last week. And there's a lot. Uh, Photoshop is getting into it. Facebook has just changed their name and steering right into the metaverse. Uh, What else? Yeah, we're going to cover all that. Uh, The CryptoPunk sale, uh, that'll be all in the NFT news updates. And after that, we are joined by Jamil uh, from he's actually a developer that is building on Stacks, uh, which is a protocol to make it easier, pretty much, to develop on Bitcoin. So this is enabling NFTs on the Bitcoin network. And we really don't talk to a lot of developers. So Alec and I had some fun learning the intricacies about different blockchains. We talked about Ethereum blockchain. We talk about uh, Bitcoin and stacks. And we also talk about Miami coin and what he's building on that, uh, what he's, you know, the future possibilities are for Miami coin, because they are also have announced NFTs in the past week. Uh, so it's an awesome conversation. We learned a lot from it. And, you know, we're looking forward to having him on again to learn more. He's a really, really smart guy. Um, so, yeah, we got all that. Well, housekeeping, make sure you go and follow us on Twitter at NFT Rumors. We post most of the news updates there. Uh, Please go scroll down and leave a review on this podcast. It really helps. And go share it to anyone that's interested in learning more about NFTs. Uh, We really think this is a good place to start. So we're going to get right into this episode today. Let's do it.
1: Jumping into the first news story of the week, let's talk about the CryptoPunk transaction. So as many of you may have heard, a CryptoPunk recently sold for $532 million. However, it wasn't an actual sale, it was more so just a washed trade. And what that means is that person A transferred it to person B. Person A then borrowed a lot of money to buy it back from person B. Person B then gave the money back to person A, who then repaid his loans. And so while on paper it may look like the CryptoPunk actually sold for $532 million, the person was actually just trading with themselves. Um, The publicity seems to have worked, however, as numerous news sources such as Bloomberg have already been talking about the transaction and it seems to be a hot commodity.
0: Adobe, maker of Photoshop,
1: is looking to fight NFT art
0: theft by implementing a new built-in feature into Photoshop called Content Credential. Content credentials will help prove that the person selling an NFT is the person who made it. By linking their Adobe ID with their crypto wallet, compatible NFT marketplaces will be able to show a verified certificate proving the art's source is authentic. The Content Credentials functionality will be built into Photoshop as a Prepare as NFT button, launching in preview by the end of this month. This feature will be compatible with leading NFT marketplaces such as OpenSea, Rarible,
1: Known Origin, and SuperRare. GameStop fresh off the Wall Street Bets retail trading drama is in a new skin. Individuals have found a number of job postings related to NFTs and Web3 development, leading a lot of people to believe that GameStop is feeding more into its new retail trading interests and beginning to develop a NFT branch, Uh, whether that is in the NFTs themselves or an NFT marketplace, has not been announced yet.
0: On Thursday of this past week, CEO of Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg, announced that the company will be rebranding and changing their name to meta with an increased emphasis on developing the metaverse meta's focus will be to bring the metaverse to life and help people connect find communities and grow businesses many people in the nft community are a little bit concerned about this news of facebook going headfirst into the metaverse as they're a giant corporation and The decentralized nature of blockchain and NFTs is that it really shouldn't belong to anyone and Facebook will try to milk it for every penny it's worth. They will try to develop the metaverse that everyone uses and this will ultimately take away the decentralized aspect of it and the metaverse really should be shaped by the people not shaped by Mark Zuckerberg. Uh, So as this news does bring the metaverse to life and give it more validity. Uh, It will be interesting to see where it goes from here.
1: Polygon, the Ethereum layer 2, has recently announced that Unstoppable Domains will be launching on its network. This is notable as Unstoppable Domains currently has over 1.5 million NFT domains registered. And by launching on Polygon, it will be able to significantly decrease its gas prices and provide a wider access.
0: Back in September, The Economist magazine released a feature piece on the future of decentralized finance and the cover art featured a picture of Alice in Wonderland gazing down a rabbit hole with little bitcoins and ethereums jumping out and they talked about NFTs and what this future really could hold uh, for this technology back in September instead of brushing off the technology calling it a fad or anything like that they really did their research and decided to get into the nft space themselves so this past week they decided to put up the cover from the september issue of the economist up for sale as an nft and a little bit over a day later after a late flurry of bids the final piece sold for 99.9 ethereum or around $420,000. All of the money raised from this auction was given to charity, and this story really jumped out to me, just how they accepted the technology, decided to really learn about it, and saw how they could benefit from it themselves. Uh, it's definitely a awesome
1: piece, and kudos to The Economist. Created.inc, spelled C-R-E-A-T-D, has announced a new NFT project that will feature three candid pictures of former president Donald trump the nfc's will include a high resolution jpeg image as well as a one-of-one print the announcement although controversial has actually led their stock price to increase by 7.5 percent
0: no need to worry anymore on november 1st the mcrib is back at mcdonald's and as any brand in late 2021 seems to do McDonald's will be releasing 10 NFTs of the McRib sandwich. McDonald's will be hosting a giveaway of their 10 NFTs. And in order to win one of the McRib NFTs, you'll have to make sure you're following the official McDonald's Twitter account. And on November 1st, they will tweet out a picture of the sweepstakes and your retweet will be the official entry for you anyone who retweets between november 1st and november 7th will automatically be entered to win one of the 10 mcrib nfts and they will draw it by november 12th this is the first time that mcdonald's is using nfts to help promote the launch of any new item returning to their menu and they promise that the digital versions of the fan favorite sandwich will be almost as saucy
1: as the mcrib itself jordan belfort AKA The Wolf of Wall Street has revealed to his followers that he actually bought a CryptoPunk for $410,000. Additionally, he plans on releasing his own NFT collection featuring cartoon wolves with different scenes from his movie, The Wolf of Wall Street.
0: All right, we're back with another NFT project of the week. Uh, We usually just feature the project that's really been blown up on Twitter. Everyone's talking about. And this week, it was definitely Parallel Alpha. Uh, Parallel Alpha is a sci fi collectible card game with NFTs, and they had their drop this past Saturday, which was incredibly fair and everyone was happy about. Um, And since then, they've shot up the OpenSea uh, leaderboards. They're currently sitting number six on the OpenSea rankings and they have a floor price of 0.01 ethereum meaning it's very accessible but they have 382 items and each nft is a card uh, which has different values i honestly could not find exactly what the game seemed to be Uh, it seems like they're still developing it it's still in the works and i couldn't get those answers that's kind of why i stayed away from this one but you know everyone else had a great time with it and that's awesome Uh, They've traded over 43,000 Ethereum just in two days, which is a buttload. So there's definitely a big community behind this one and a lot of people who are very excited about the game. Uh, So go ahead and check out Parallel Alpha. You can find them on the rankings, uh, on OpenSea, on Twitter, Discord, anything like that. Uh, They're the NFT Rumors project of the
1: week. And of course, we'll finish off with An update on the metaverse index again the metaverse index is a collection of metaverse and nft related tokens Uh, this has actually been a phenomenal week for the mbi currently up 24.51% trading at $175.84
0: all right that wraps up our nft news updates for this week we're now gonna move right into our conversation that we had with Jamil Uh, Jamil's really smart guy He's a computer science master's student at Stanford University, and he's been an active crypto developer on the Bitcoin network, including Stacks, Miami Coin, and all that. So let's get right into it. We are joined by an awesome guest today on NFT Rumors, the podcast. We're really excited about this one. We have Jamil joining us today, who is the creator of Stacks NFT. Which is an NFT marketplace built on the Bitcoin network. So, here on After Rumors podcast, we focus mostly on Ethereum based NFTs. So, we're excited to learn more from Jamil about uh, these NFTs directly on Bitcoin. But, Jamil is also heavily involved with Miami Coin, uh, which is the first city coin to market and is also powered by the Stacks Protocol. Uh, they announced a few weeks ago that they'd be enabling NFTs on Miami Coin. Uh, so, we're excited to learn about that. Jamil, how's everything going?
2: Good. Thanks so much for having me on your podcast, Lucas and Alex.
0: Yeah, we're uh, we're really excited for this one. We honestly, you know, Bitcoin to me doesn't seem like Ethereum in the way that, you know, Ethereum was built for builders yeah. to build on top of it. Um, but we're going to hit all that. Before we get started, uh, give us your background a little bit uh, and how you got involved in the crypto space.
2: Sure. I actually don't come from a crypto background mainly. Uh, my background is in machine learning and AIML. That's what I do. Um, at Stanford right now. But um, my involvement in crypto sort of started over the past, uh, you know, my first Bitcoin purchase was in 2014. It was a while ago, but I didn't really get involved in the developer community until Ethereum actually uh, came along. And I saw how easy it was to build uh, apps with solidity. So the things that brought me into Bitcoin were the idea of sound money, the, um, the fallibility of the institutions that exist right now. And what brought me into the Ethereum community was like my computer science background and my my hacker, you know, um, uh, sort of background. So it, it's been nice to sort of see the, the confluence of those two over the past few months in the Bitcoin community. So getting involved with Miami coin a few months ago, once mining started for that, and then eventually building on top of that for things like Bitcoin NFTs uh, and Miami coin NFTs.
1: Yeah, that's great. Um, and so I think to get started, um, speaking of NFTs on Bitcoin. I know that's a, it's a strange concept. Um, To my understanding, smart contracts aren't natively available on Bitcoin. So do you mind at at least at a high level um, explaining how NFTs on Bitcoin work?
2: Sure. So if you, if you've ever tried to develop um, applications, I guess, built on top of Bitcoin, raw Bitcoin, like uh, with the scripting language that comes Mm -hmm. with it, it's very difficult. Like I've done it before and it's painful, right? You have to write basically what looks like if you're, if you're uh, familiar with computer architecture, you have to write basically machine code. So it's like you have to, if you're doing it on you almost have to do it on paper and like pop things off the stack and on the stack. And it's, it's really a pain, but it's possible, right? Um, now what, what the founder of Stacks, um, Munib, he, he had this insight that, well, we can build a platform on top of Bitcoin that settles on the Bitcoin blockchain. So all of these transactions and all of these smart contracts eventually get written to the Bitcoin blockchain, but we can create a new chain called Stacks that's uh, programmable and that allows for more easily written smart contracts and more flexibility while still maintaining the security and the, the sound money aspects of Bitcoin.
0: Yeah, so a lot of people, when they hear Bitcoin, uh, they think of it as, You know, the currency, the store of value, just the, you know, going to the moon. Um, but people don't necessarily like, you know, think of it as something to build on top of. Uh why build on Bitcoin uh and not another blockchain?
2: I think the the biggest reason is that right now you you really do want your NFTs. NFTs you can think of as they're basically tokens right they are, they are tokens in the same way that that bitcoin is a token or um ethereum is a erc20 t- tokens exist right and the difference is, is that while bitcoin represents the the fungible asset right like just like a uh, dollar may in in the fiat world uh you still want your your digital assets to be secured by the same technology that secures your sound money so if i'm You know, like on Ethereum, right, if I if I own a six million dollar, you know, NFT, you know, I want I want that to be secured by the same technology that secures what we know is the soundest and most secure uh, currency out there, Bitcoin. So I think that's the motivation. You you know, you're building on top of a very solid foundation uh, with Bitcoin. And if you add the extra programmability and, and friendliness to builders that you do as Ethereum, then you really have a winning combination there, I think.
1: Yeah. And so I right there, you touched on the security um, in terms of the differences between a Bitcoin NFT and an Ethereum-based NFT, but what about the utility of Bitcoin mm-hmm. NFTs? How do they differ, differ or what similarities do they have to something that's built on Ethereum or maybe even flow?
2: So I think with the the advantage that the Ethereum community has right now is simply is mainly around the tooling and the use cases. So DeFi is very mature. The NFT community is very mature. People have explored a huge range of possibilities of what is available. So, if you buy an NFT on Ethereum, you know you can uh, use it as collateral with DeFi. You can, you know, you can do so much with it that just doesn't exist right now in in the Stacks ecosystem today. But the capabilities of Stacks are virtually identical to Ethereum, right? So, what you can build on Stacks is is basically the same. It's just a matter of getting the developer community to mature and and get there. And over the past few months, you've seen it just like sort of exponential growth of the Stacks developer community. The first DeFi platform, the first NFT marketplaces have come out. And I think it's just a matter of uh, time and talent coming into the, the Bitcoin and Stacks ecosystem more.
0: Mm-hmm. So a lot of, you said you started off building on Ethereum. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the, I guess, the knocks that the Ethereum network gets right now, at least with NFTs, are these... You know, pesky high trans or gas fees. Um, is this something that you also see on Stacks, or you know, is Stacks just better in that case?
2: Uh, the transaction fees are definitely a lot better on Stacks right now, uh, also due to transaction um, volume. Uh, in addition to network capacity, I think right now Ethereum is at a place where everyone's diving into it, right and mm-hmm. um, you know, you're going to have a constraint of supply and demand naturally. So, uh, and it's something that I ran into too. Like my first project on Ethereum was, I don't know if you know, but the AP actually published their race calls for the 20, uh, 2020 election to to the Ethereum blockchain. And there was no way to visualize that right? So I just built an app to basically show the data that the AP had published, and then also to publish additional election results to the blockchain from historical elections to sort of secure that uh, information on the blockchain. But the gas fees to upload just just the state by state election results, like these aren't a lot of numbers, you know, it's like Trump's votes and Biden's votes, right? Um, It was in the hundreds, if not now, it must be in the thousands of dollars, right? And that's just not feasible. On, on stacks, you can do that for you know less than a dollar, right now. So um, that that's another appealing aspect to it was you know just the ability to be able to run quickly without having to make a huge financial investment in your apps.
1: Yeah, I think that's definitely something really important. Why you've sort of seen a lot of these newer projects begin to develop on different blockchains. Um, but I had, I had a question about the general um, Bitcoin community. Uh, you know, we were at the Bitcoin conference here this summer. And it feels that there is uh, maybe not a significant, but a minority portion of the Bitcoin community that may be purist in the sense that they aren't very accepting of NFTs. Yeah. Um, what is, has been your interaction with the Bitcoin community and how open they are to NFTs and things that stray away from the initial sort of mission of Bitcoin?
2: You know, I think when it comes to this, it's important for everyone to sort of be have their own vision. Right. I think a lot of people come to the crypto community to embrace independence of thought, right? You you see all of this, you know, group think outside of the crypto community. And it's a shame to see the same things happen inside the crypto community, right? Where you see maximalists on either side go, this is the only way to do things and, and get, you know, strong followings around that. So I, I don't really listen to it, right? I'm just like, I'm going to try to build what I think is best for the community and for the world. And if people like it, great. If they don't. That, you know that's that's their their decision. But in the end, if you build something that's useful, and you build something that works, people will use it. And that's why I don't hate Ethereum, right? Because they've done so much that's successful. And when Bitcoin maximalists like just uh, hit on Ethereum, and it's like we've got a lot to learn from these communities because they've done a lot of things well, and people use them for for clear real world utility. So in the end, those people that are purists and maximalists that that only feel like they they're right and everybody else is wrong, they, they won't see much success. You know, you have to learn from, from, from what, what works and what doesn't.
0: Yeah. Everyone's also seeing, you know, the amount of hype that there is in NFTs right now. Um, I mean, it's something we've never really seen before. Uh, I mean, you've probably heard it. It's the intersection of culture and tech and finance and all these different things. Um, So it's a, it kind of surprises me when people who are these Bitcoin maxis, uh, you know, aren't as accepting about NFTs, you'd think that they'd want to get in on them.
2: Yeah, and I think NFTs are actually an important base layer that builds on top of, of money. When you talk about assets in the real world, right, no matter what you, you own, it's, it's something that's tangible. And I can say, I own this, right? Um, Some of it has paperwork associated with it, like a house has a deed and a car has a title. But these are things built on top of our monetary system, right? They're like a, a second layer on top of our monetary system. And if you want to build a society that's built on top of Bitcoin or whatever currency you look at, you're going to need to have these abstractions on top of it. You can't just have Bitcoin and that's it, right? You need to have layers that build on top so that you can build more sophisticated societies, more sophisticated communities. Um, that interact with the real world too. I'd love to
1: get your sort of take on what you think is going to be the driving force of mainstream adoption of Web3 and blockchain. Obviously, in terms of the financial products and DeFi, uh, there's a lot of regulatory sort of hoops to jump through, Um, whereas NFTs sort of make more sense in terms of the short term um, with gaming, art, memorabilia, whatever it might be. Uh, So in your opinion, do you see NFTs sort of being the way that blockchain goes mainstream or is it another avenue
2: i think because like right now the, the main bitcoin has been used for both and ethereum has been used for both currency speculation and for um utility and in, in transactions right spending money back and forth and when i talk about the bit the, the next layer of like representing what assets mean this is more than just like art, right? Or more than just w- what we've seen NFTs represent today. If you think of it as being able to represent anything that's non-fungible, then the the utility is almost unlimited, right? It's not about saying NFTs are, are going to bring blockchain mainstream. It's what those NFTs represent that will bring blo- blockchain mainstream, right? And uh, whether or not this is used in, in real estate or in, you know, uh, like using maybe your property as collateral in DeFi or something like that. I don't know. But what I do know is that this the potential for NFTs to represent any non-fungible asset in the real world is limitless. So it's not really even about NFTs. It's about what they, what they represent and what they value.
0: The next question I wanted to ask uh, was, you were hinting at this earlier, different networks, different blockchains kind of pushing it uh, mainstream. Do you think that the future... I guess this might you might have already kind of answered this, but I'd like to get your opinion on a little more. Do you think that the future is fully multi-chain or do you think that five years down the line, there's going to be, you know, maybe it's going to be Bitcoin, it'll be Ethereum, something else that will really, you know, dominate everything in crypto?
2: I think this is sort of like the early days of the internet where there were a lot of competing standards for for ways of doing things, right? Um, And eventually you saw some consolidation but even today the uh, you know it's it's not like one protocol or one social media network rules them all in fact if if one network or one protocol starts to get a monopoly you'll have another one that comes up that meets some needs that the current protocol doesn't offer right so ethereum has high gas fees okay well you know you see these other chains popping up like solana etc and and Likewise, Ethereum came up because Bitcoin wasn't wasn't very programmable. So I think it's actually good to have this competition. This is how the market works, right? As soon as uh, one chain lacks the capabilities or doesn't meet a user need, someone will come up, right? The developer community is extremely smart um, and extremely ambitious. And if they see an opportunity to make money or to fill an unmet need, they'll do it, right? And I think that's that's the future. You know, it, it's it's almost Darwinian, right? You see which which chains survive and which chains meet customer needs and and which don't. Right now, Stacks is attempting to you know help meet that need uh, by adding programmability to Bitcoin, and it's a perfect example of of the market forces in action. I think.
1: Obviously, right now we're talking about NFTs. It's what we're mainly focused on, but I think well, and it's. Naive to not talk about the fact that a lot of people look at cryptocurrency in terms of financial gain and trading them as simply assets. Uh, And so in your opinion, um, do you believe in sort of the ideology that Bitcoin is seen as a store of value, whereas Ethereum gets its value from its utility in terms of being a currency that you use on dApps? Or do you believe that Bitcoin also has utility um, in the same sense that a U.S. dollar has utility rather than a store of value
2: like gold? I think that depends on the the ecosystem, too, and how it develops. Right. It's clear that Bitcoin's um, uh, supply cap and the belief in Bitcoin security and, and the backing of Bitcoin security gives it a strong store of value. But I think that's changing over time, right? It doesn't just need to be a store of value in that way. Because Ethereum does, does borrow a lot of, like if Ethereum wasn't secure, it wouldn't be worth anything, right? Um, clearly the work that Ethereum has been based on is on, um, on, the, on the first Bitcoin white paper. Uh, there's, there's no secret about that. So Ethereum derives its value from both the security of the currency and the utility on top of it. And so does Bitcoin. I don't think they're mutually exclusive. However, I think in the future, you'll start to see more and more of that utility um, start to be factored into the price and value of Bitcoin as well.
0: Jamil, we've honestly never talked about Bitcoin before on this podcast. Uh,
2: I think <laughs> so that's we're excited point, to finally... Right? It's, it's, not a, it's not necessarily a... like This should be a signal to people that are working on Bitcoin, right? When young, smart people who are talking about, um, you know, exciting things when they're talking about tools and utilities and and NFTs aren't talking about Bitcoin. That's a sign that we need to improve things on the Bitcoin side, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So I don't think that needs to be necessarily looked at as like an inherently negative thing. It's like, hey, we should be doing something about it and improving and yeah. continuously building. Yeah,
0: yeah and I think that, I mean, Stacks Protocol in general is, you know, enabling that and it's awesome. Yeah. Uh, but let's talk about, miami coin so me and alec were both here uh in miami and you know we've been following along with the announcement over the course of the summer about the first city coin coming out uh Mm -hmm. can you kind of explain to us uh you are very active and you're building on uh, stacks and miami kind of what is miami coin like why is what is yeah just kind of the base of it i guess what does it do differently than anything else
2: yeah. So the idea, and i again, I'm not affiliated directly with the City Coins project. So this is my understanding of it. Okay. Um, but the idea behind it is that uh, previously you sort of had a lot of the value in cities and then culture uh, locked in, right? You, you cities don't really compete with each other on a, on a national level. I mean, people move from city to city, but the cost of that is very high. If I am supportive of what the Miami government is doing or supportive of Miami's engineering community, Miami's artist community, it's very hard for me as a, someone who lives in San Francisco to really um, express that in a monetary way that encourages innovation, that encourages competition. Um, and you see that in a lot of cities right now. Uh, San Francisco doesn't feel like they need to compete with Austin or Miami because there's not much transfer of of people across these cities. Yeah, sure, you have a couple thousand people moving around and voting with their feet, but that's simply not really an efficient way to do things. So Miami coin started, I think, as this idea that um, capital should should move quickly based on how you perceive and how, how much you have invested in the city. It's almost like voting with your wallet. Right. I, as a resident of San Francisco, can start to hold Miami coin instead of SF coin if I believe the government is doing great things and is, is pushing the community forward and be rewarded for my investment. Because the more people buy it, the more demand there is, the more value of Miami coin goes up. And I think this on its own is, is a great idea. But the another crucial innovation was that, well, uh, the city should be rewarded for, um, for activity in their currency as well. So the more people mine Miami coin, the more money the city of Miami actually gets in the treasury. And right now, the Miami coin, just over a few months, has raised something like $20 million for the city of Miami, which is, is a, a quite a significant amount when it comes to the city budget. Um, they can make a huge difference with that, that kind of money.
1: Yeah, and I know you, you run the Miami coin city wallet Twitter account. Yeah. Um. And right now, your last suit was an hour ago saying that the wallet balance is valued at $19 million right now.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, so what is what does that actually mean? Is that denominated in USD? Is that a custodial wallet that the city can then um, sort of withdraw and use for expenses? Um, what does the $19 million actually represent?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, so it's a multi-sig wallet that's held in custody right now. And it's uh, denominated in stacks actually. So it's, it's held in the stacks currency and that Twitter account will just convert the stacks amount to US dollars. So that wallet balance is actually always going up in stacks but based on the price of stacks, it can go you know, up and down. Um, the city voted, I think last month or earlier this month uh, to accept the funds in the wallet. So they'll accept it in US dollars before the city takes custody of it that stacks will be converted into U.S. dollars, and the city can spend it on whatever they want.
1: So, to talk about stacks for a little bit, where, where what exchanges are there for it? What utility is there for it? Or is it simply like the native token for the stacks chain, um, and it's not necessarily something that has um, sort of exchange capabilities yet?
2: It, it's on several exchanges like uh, Binance and OKCoin and KuCoin, I think. Um, Not on Coinbase yet. It's not, the exchange adoption isn't isn't as high as some other currencies. And in terms of its value, um, this goes back to the conversation about Bitcoin, right? I think even Stacks people see Bitcoin as a true store of value. Even on the Stacks chain, Bitcoin is what you should be storing your assets in. And I've talked to a lot of people in the Stacks community and they don't keep their money in Stacks. They keep it in Bitcoin, right? um but stacks is like the currency that you use to make bitcoin programmable so if you want to deploy a smart contract or you know add to the programmability aspect then you deploy your smart contract using stacks or whatever you can some people have called it like the gas and bitcoin is the money right
1: yeah that, that makes a lot of sense and honestly i, w- I wasn't too familiar with stacks I was curious to learn more thanks yeah, cool.
0: yeah i've uh i actually i own you know put it out there i do have some miami coin
2: mm-hmm. and
0: and i've been staking it on okay coin and been getting stacks in return and i honestly didn't even really know what it was what it was i was getting in return the rewards are incredible
2: too the stacking stacking rewards oh yeah yeah
0: Yeah, it it is really great um so uh last thing that we really want to hit on is uh the nfts on miami coin uh they announced it not too long ago maybe a week or so ago Mm-hmm. Uh, that they would be enabling NFTs on the uh, on the network, and obviously Miami has a very vibrant art community uh, up in Wynwood. You know we got the Wynwood Walls and all that, and we also have a giant international art festival and Art Basel uh, that happens every year. So can you explain why enabling NFTs on the Miami Coin network is important and where you think it can kind of go?
2: Yeah, so I think going back to the conversation about um, City Coins enabling this voting with your wallet. I think right now it also enables um, uh, as a store of culture, right? Right now you don't really have many local artists from cities um, uh, in the NFT community, right? You have a lot of digital artists, a lot of people making this amazing art, but you don't have local artists in, in the community as much. And when you can, you know, someone like me in California can buy Miami coin and then mint NFTs from a local Miami artist, you know, that's really both contributing to the city, the value of the city, um, and the value of the currency so I think it's a great way to represent and uh, create sort of cultural exports right now I don't if I go outside to an art store over here in California I don't see much art from Miami I don't see much um, art from Texas or New York right um, but but enabling minting on these city coins I think allows for a way that um, you can quantify and and break down these borders and have cultural exports where now Miami can suddenly be this like cultural hub all across the U.S. with very little effort. Um, and th- this is what's really exciting about it. Like even the first Mint with uh, MIA uh, a project, you know, I was introduced to a great local Miami artist and now I'm aware of his work. I own part of his work and that feels great, you know, supporting local artists uh, no matter where they're from.
1: That's great. One, one last little question, not to bother you, um, but we we don't get to talk to developers too often. We usually talk to creatives and founders and people on the operations side. So a question that I have, and I'm sure plenty of our listeners have, is what's the difference in the different languages? Um, I'm a little familiar with Python, C++, HTML, um, but I've never even really touched Sol- Solidity. I've tried to read it, um, things like that. But from a developer's ex- perspective, which of these languages is the most similar to sort of mainstream languages? And what's the process like in terms of actually learning to program on Web3?
2: Yeah, I think the length, for example, starting with Solidity, it looks very similar to what you would see in C++ or, or C. The, the code, you'll probably be able to read it if you come from that sort of programming background. Um, the main thing that's different is like the programming patterns that you use. Because now you don't only have like code on the on the, on the client, you have code on the blockchain in Solidity and code that you write for your website or for your backend. And actually a lot of these DeFi contracts, for example, which manage billions of dollars are only like 100 or 200 lines of Solidity code sometimes. So it's really a different, and, and the cost of deploying Solidity code and, and storing it, it, storing memory um, on, on chain is extremely expensive. So it's, it's getting used to this different pattern of like, how do I actually code this so that it's efficient and so that I'm putting the right logic on chain and having the right logic off chain, I think is the main difference rather than like the language itself. Um, Stacks uses a language called clarity. Um, If any of you are programmers and you're familiar with Lisp, uh, it's like a very old functional language that is much more, it it doesn't have any mutable state. So you don't change variables or anything like that. Um, It's, it's a much more, It's generally considered a more secure way of programming and a more safe way of programming. Um, That's what Stacks is built on. But the disadvantage is that if you look at the code coming from a programming background of Python or C or C++, you'll probably go, what is this? There's a lot of like parentheses. And it it doesn't look like the code that you're used to if you don't come from a functional programming background.
1: Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for giving us more perspective and insight.
0: Yeah. So, I, I have no more questions. This has been incredible, Jamil. I learned so much just from this conversation. It's all about, you know, stacks, Bitcoin, Miami Coin's been incredible. Um, everyone who is listening, make sure you go, you follow Jamil on Twitter. He's uh, at Jamil Bitcoin or at Jamil BTC. Uh You can also go check out stacksNFT.com. Go get your hands on some NFTs on the Bitcoin network. Uh, also Miami Uh, you can, you know, follow along with the blocks of Miami coin. Uh, Jamil, is there anything else you'd like to add? This has been awesome.
2: No, it's just the, the site for the, uh, NFTs is stxnft.com. And, uh, my Twitter account is Jamil J a M I L B T C, uh, is my handle. Uh, it's been a pleasure talking with you both. I really enjoyed this conversation.
0: Everyone go scroll down. Also we'll go link those in the show notes. Jamil, thanks so much. Can't wait to talk again soon.
2: Thanks, Lucas. Thanks, Alec.
0: All right, huge shout out to Jamil. Uh, go check out all those things we featured uh, in the interview. They'll be down in the show notes. You can scroll down there and check them all out. Uh, we highly recommend you do so. Uh, this is wrapping up another episode of NFT Rumors, the podcast. Uh, we're, you know, thank you for listening. It really means a lot, and. If you can go leave us a review or a rating, that would really help. Uh, share the podcast and make sure you go follow us on Twitter at NFT Rumors. Uh, if you are an NFT project, you know, go ahead and send us a DM at NFT Rumors. Uh, we'll respond. We'll let you know what we think and possibly even feature you on the podcast. Just this week, we were talking to Based Fish Mafia. Uh, he He's a fan of the podcast and you know we told them if you go leave us a review or rating we'll shout you out so here you go based fish mafia you're the man you're the goat uh, yeah so we'll catch you next week with another episode uh make sure you follow us on twitter let us know what you think all that peace enjoy your week catch you next week